And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Earlier this year, there was a German-born photographer named Thomas Heinzer who debuted a new exhibit up in his home uh, up by the Bay Area. It is a collection of aerial photographs that document the eerie effects of California's ongoing drought. He spent the last two years flying around in a helicopter and taking photographs of the landscape. And the images are minimalist and surreal. Their subject matter are the charred hillsides of California, depleted reservoirs, barren salt ponds, and they look more like abstract paintings than they do the natural world. Heinzer's series is entitled Reduziert, which is German for reduced, and it is an apt description of what California's recent five-year drought has done to the landscape. It has reduced it in many ways. Commenting on the effects of the drought, Heinzer said in an interview, I don't think we as humans can survive if we are not concerning ourselves with what we are doing to the environment. Now, this year's El Nino rains have helped a little bit. I know that I've enjoyed watching the fresh green growth of the succulent plants in our yard. But five years of drought cannot be undone from one season of moderate rain. So the effects of the drought in California remain very real and they continue to shape and to change how it is that we live. Water is essential to life. On this Feast of Pentecost, we celebrate the Holy Spirit coming down from heaven and filling the disciples with the very presence of God, the very energies of God. And on this feast, we often associate the Holy Spirit with fire. That's why so many of you are dressed in red today and why the vestments are red, because in Acts chapter 2, we learn that there appeared to the disciples tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, teachable moment, the tongue of fire, that's why the bishop wears a funny hat, because it symbolizes the tongues of fire resting on the disciples. But there is another image of the Holy Spirit given to us in Holy Scripture that I would like to focus on today, and that is the image of water. Living water. Our Lord himself gives us this imagery. In John chapter 4, Jesus tells the woman at the well that there is living water that is offered to her and that this is a gift from God. You might remember the story. He says to her, everyone who drinks of this well water that you're drawing from, they will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. The water that I shall give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
And just a few chapters later in John 7, Jesus explains, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And just so there is no mistake as to what Jesus is referring to, St. John, the writer of the gospel, goes on to say, Now this Jesus said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. Jesus says, He who believes in me, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And John says, Now this Jesus said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. John himself is prophesying this feast of Pentecost, receiving the Holy Spirit. Why does our Lord refer to the Holy Spirit as living water? And to answer this question, we're going to go back through the ages to the 4th century and hear from St. Cyril, Bishop of Jerusalem, in his work entitled Catechetical Instructions, his teaching to catechumens. He writes, Why did Christ call the grace of the Spirit water? Because all things are dependent on water. Plants and animals have their origin in water. Water comes down from heaven as rain, and although it is always the same in itself, that is, it's always water, it produces many different effects, one in the palm tree, another in the vine, and so on throughout the whole of creation. It does not come down now as one thing, now as another, but while remaining essentially the same, it adapts itself to the needs of every creature that receives it. In the same way, St. Cyril says, the Holy Spirit, whose nature is always the same, simple and indivisible, apportions grace to each as the Spirit wills. Like a dry tree, which puts forth shoots when watered, the soul bears the fruit of holiness when repentance has made it worthy of receiving the Holy Spirit. Although the Spirit never changes the effects of the Spirit's action, by the will of God and in the name of Christ, are both many and marvelous. And then he concludes by naming those many and marvelous effects. He says, The Spirit makes one a teacher of divine truth, inspires another to prophecy, gives another the power of casting out devils, enables another to interpret Holy Scripture. The Spirit strengthens one's self-control, shows another how to help the poor, teaches another to fast and lead a life of asceticism, makes another oblivious to the needs of the body, trains another for martyrdom. This action is different in different people, but the Spirit is always the same. In each person, Scripture says, the Spirit reveals His presence in a particular way for the common good. St. Cyril so beautifully illumines this simple but profound imagery. Water is its own singular substance, and yet it gives life and sustains all living things in so many and different ways. And so it is with the Holy Spirit, who is the singular Spirit of the living God, 
And yet the Holy Spirit gives life and sustains all living things in many and varied ways. Even on this day of Pentecost, with those tongues of fire resting on the heads of the disciples, St. Peter himself makes a reference, a veiled reference, but a reference nonetheless, to the watery, life-giving nature of the Holy Spirit. He does so when he quotes from the prophet Joel. He says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The prophet Joel prophesied the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And if you actually read the book, it's only a few chapters. In the very same passage that St. Peter quotes, the prophet Joel writes, of this feast of Pentecost, Be glad, O sons of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. Here again, these images, abundant rain, threshing floors full of grain, vats overflowing with wine and oil. The church, Mother Church, illumined and guided by the Holy Spirit of truth, has always seen this prophecy of Joel, this rain and wheat and wine and oil, as a clear reference to her life-giving sacraments, the sacraments of baptism, the Eucharist, and the sealing of the Holy Spirit, which is chrismation or confirmation. On this day, we celebrate the pouring out of the Spirit of God upon all flesh. And God, it's not just a one-time event. God continues to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. Pentecost is continually present within the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and in particular, within the sacramental life of the church. God the Father is like the master gardener with the watering can from heaven, who continually pours out the saving grace of his Holy Spirit on all of creation like a steady rain. The only difference is that unlike the flowers and the trees of the natural world, who receive the rain involuntarily, that is, it's not up to them, we receive the Holy Spirit of God voluntarily. In other words, it is up to us to step out into the rain to receive the grace of the Holy Spirit. You may have noticed in the reading from Acts that not everyone present on that day of Pentecost receives the Holy Spirit. At first, it is just the disciples, those whose hearts were united through faith in the risen Lord Jesus. And we see in them a most critical criteria of receiving the Holy Spirit, that one must believe in the giver to receive the gift. How do we receive this living water, this life-giving grace of the Holy Spirit? We receive it in abundance through the sacraments of the church through repentance and baptism and more repentance 
in the sacrament of confession, through the Holy Eucharist, through confirmation, through holy unction, holy matrimony, and holy order. This is why Pentecost is recognized and celebrated as the birthday of the church. Every sacrament of the church is a means, a channel, a vessel of the grace of the Holy Spirit given to us by the master gardener who is the caretaker and redeemer of our souls. Photographer Thomas Heinzer, reflecting on the drought in California, said, I don't think we as humans can survive if we are not concerning ourselves with what we are doing to the environment. The same can be said of the Christian life, can it not? I don't think we as humans can survive if we are not concerning ourselves with what we are doing to our spiritual environment, which is to say to our spiritual lives. We know that water is a natural resource essential to our survival, that our life depends on water. We also know and celebrate this day that the Holy Spirit is himself a spiritual resource essential to our survival. Our life depends on the Holy Spirit. And in fact, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is infinitely more important than our relationship with water, which is precisely why our Lord says to the woman at the well, everyone who drinks of this well water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give, that is of the Holy Spirit, will never thirst. When we turn away from or close ourselves off from this living water, from the grace of the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, we can be sure that drought will begin. And in this sense, we are responsible for the spiritual droughts in our own lives. We are responsible for the spiritual droughts in the life of the church and of the world. And just like in the natural world, the longer that the drought continues, the more drastic the consequences. It is simply a matter of scientific fact that the effects of drought are cumulative. We're experiencing them in our state right now. The good news is that the opposite is also true. The more that we receive the Holy Spirit, the more that we step out into the rain and receive the grace of God through the sacramental life of the church, the more healthy and vibrant and vital our lives become. That's why we water our plants on a regular basis. It's why we water our pets every day. It's why we ourselves are told to drink a certain amount of water every day. If we don't, we die. Our relationship to the Most Holy Trinity, to God the Father through His Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is in a sense as scientific as the relationship between water and the natural world. We understand how the relationship works. The responsibility to make it work is in our hands. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.